It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This is Access Atlanta, your weekly look at what's fun, entertaining, and educational in and around Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Every week, we're here to help you get ready for the weekend and bring you conversations with some of the most interesting people in arts, culture, food, and entertainment. Let's get started with a couple of events that are happening around town this week. The Atlanta Science Festival is back March 12th through the 26th with more than 100 events at venues all over town including Mason Mill Park, Zoo Atlanta, Burnbank Museum, and on both the Georgia Tech and Emory University campuses. To preview the festival, Bo Emerson talked with the creators of Wonder Grubs, an Atlanta startup that is pioneering the marketing of insects as food for humans. To read the story, check Thursday's Living section in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution or go to accessatlanta.com. City Springs Theatre Company's latest production is A Chorus Line, the Pulitzer Prize-winning musical that takes us behind the scenes as we get to know the dancers auditioning for a Broadway show. Bai York Lee, one of the original cast members and the inspiration behind one of the show's characters, is directing this production. Burt Osborne spoke with Lee about the show and about her long association with the show's original director, Michael Bennett. You can catch A Chorus Line at the Byers Theater in Sandy Springs, March 11th through the 27th, and tickets are $40 to $100. Head to accessatlanta.com to read our interview with the director. Stay tuned for more events later in the podcast, and after the featured conversation, we'll take a look at what the AJC is bringing you this week, both online and in print. But first, we're going to hear about a new fan convention coming to Atlanta. The Fandemic Tour is coming to Atlanta March 18th through the 20th at Georgia World Congress Center. The focus of the weekend is on The Walking Dead, which has been filming here in Georgia for quite a while now. Walking Dead stars, including Norman Reedus and Jeffrey Dean Morgan, will be on hand, but so will non-Walking Dead stars like Sebastian Stan and Backstreet Boy Nick Carter for some strange reason. Rodney Ho recently spoke with organizers about the convention, and he's here to bring us that conversation. Welcome, Rodney. Hey, how's it going, Shane? Good, good. So, I mean, this sounds like a really interesting convention. At first, it seemed like it was a Walking Dead convention, and there are a lot of Walking Dead-related stars there, but there's a lot of other stuff going on, too. Um, Yeah, it looks like, uh, you know, The Walking Dead was probably arguably the most popular sci-fi show of the 2010s outside of maybe Game of Thrones. And uh, But, you know, in recent years, it has lost a lot of that you know, they have a core following, obviously. And I think like a lot of other shows, those core fo- followers are going to go to conventions. And with a pandemic, 
Uh, obviously, there have been very few conventions the past two years. Uh, we know DragonCon came back in the fall, uh, but uh, it's been a while since there's been any Walking Dead related convention. There was something called the Walker Stalker Convention by a separate operator, uh, James Frazier, that ran for several years here. was very successful until it wasn't. <laughs> he had some financial issues and it kind of fell on the wayside. And I think that left an opening for the guy who runs Pandemic. And he's done some pandemics in other cities to come to Atlanta. Right. Right. And yeah, it's it's really interesting that it, it is, you know, very much Walking Dead centric. But like I said, Nick Carter's going to be there. Yeah, I'm really not sure. I didn't I, sh I didn't ask him specifically why Nick Carter was there. Yeah, I mean, well, there are lots of people who are, you know, from from different things. Bruce Campbell, I believe. Yeah, he was uh, on Evil Dead. That's a sci fi thing. And exactly. You know, yeah, sure. Boss, and Dan is is an Avenger type guy from Captain America. Yep. And Older. James Marsters, I believe I saw. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, which makes sense to have some related people who are not yeah. directly Walking Dead. It's Dean Kane, it was on Lois and Clark. Yep. You know, that's fine. Yeah. So, yeah. so it should, should draw in a lot of people who might even have gone to Dragon Con. There's, there's stuff there for, for everyone, really, who, who has any interest in that sort of thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously, we know conventions like this have been around for decades, the Comic Cons. Um, and even though the, you know, as we know, uh, you know, the Dragon Con is probably the big, the big one in town. Uh, this is kind of, a, it's always been like a good secondary convention for folks who want something a little bit more specific. Right. So, um, so what are we going to hear here? You spoke with, with the organizer, the guy who, who started it, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, he was, it's funny. He, he had a, a first career as a clothier, a clothier uh, you know, for four decades. And I guess he kind of almost stumbled into the convention world and, and clearly enjoys it. I mean, look, hanging out, hanging around with and becoming friends with celebrities uh, is not the worst thing in the world. Uh, it's funny that he told me that uh, of all the people, Norman Reedus came up with the name Pandemic. And this, of course, was named long before we actually had a pandemic. So ironically, the pandemic sidelined pandemic because this thing was supposed to happen a couple of years ago. Yeah. And it's been postponed twice. I think it was supposed to happen in, in the middle of 2020 and then it got pushed back until September of last year. And then I think with um, the previous Delta variant kind of forced them to push it back six months. Uh, and I think they're keeping their fingers crossed that everything will be copacetic next month. It doesn't seem to be any new variant that's going to sideline this one, hopefully. Right. All right. Well, well, is there anything else we should know before we go into the conversation? Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I think there's a huge uh, demand for people to get back together and uh, ironically wear masks and costumes yeah. in, a, in, in, a, in a less, uh, you know, COVID related fashion. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Well, let's uh, hear uh, more about the pandemic convention coming to Atlanta. This is Rodney Ho with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm here with John Macaluso. He runs Fandemic, and they are starting their very first convention in Atlanta, March 18th to March 20th. And, um, you know, the, the, you know, this whole science fiction convention business has been around for decades. Um, but the pandemic has really put a bit of a damper on it. I'm, I'm wondering, you know, we wanted to talk a little bit about how you, you decided to start this back up here and, um, you know, give me a little bit of history about your background uh, with these types of cons. Great. So, uh, first of all, thank you for uh, giving me the time and uh, wanting to interview me. Um, I've been doing conventions since 2010. 
Um, I've done about a hundred and a hundred and change conventions over the last uh, 11, 12 years um, and have done none over the last two years. <laughs> exactly. We've, it's, it's, we've had to postpone this event twice, which is like torture for me and very much torture for our attendees that are couldn't be any more excited about coming to the event. Um, I started in the convention business, not really knowing much about Comic-Cons, um, but just growing up uh, as a kid, reading comic books that my what were your What were your big, what were your favorite um, characters growing up? Um, Superman, Hulk, Archie, uh, Jughead, and of course, Betty and Veronica. I, I was big on those too. <laughs> those are the ones that my sisters always read. So I got all their leftovers. Um, so the convention business was new to me, but I'm, I'm a business guy and we had very, very, very smart people working for the company at the time that I joined that really- What was the company me. called back in 2008, 2009? Um, I forget company. But, um, but they were already running conventions at the yeah. time. They were, they were a publicly traded uh, convention company. Um, were they doing different types of conventions at the time, uh, not they, just they, science they, fiction? They were doing um, Comic-Cons. Uh, oh, okay, that, that was their specialty. Um, but so there, there were very smart people that helped me, you know, learn, learn the ropes of doing conventions. And they knew the talent. They knew the artists. They knew the stuff that I didn't know. And I knew the business part of it. And then together, we really went out there and broadened our horizons, went from three shows to five shows to 12 shows to 18 shows to 27 shows a year. And we have had some unbelievable talent through the years. I left the company in 2016, I believe it was, and loved what I was doing so much that I started a company called Fandemic. How'd you come up with the name Fandemic? Uh, one of my great friend celebrities gave me the name. He said, why don't you say Fandemic? So this was before- okay, the can, you, can you name the celebrity who actually- sure, Norman Reedus. Huh? Norman. Norman Reedus of The Walking Dead. He came up lovely. with the, uh, the name. And he oh, lovely. One of my great buddies and great friends. So it stuck. So you, uh, when you started the business, you were not in the celebrity world. You got to know- I guess all these different people, right? Who um, who were involved? Uh, what what was the challenge as you were looking at the convention business? What were the fundamental issues that made it hard to make money, and what were the ways to make sure that you know, number one, the fans got what they wanted, and while you were able to make a profit, <laughs> you know. Well, it, it's interesting you say that because my philosophy, which may be different than other people, is I believe that these shows are. <clears throat> are um, celebrity driven, at least the shows that I put on. So to me, it was sure. always that you had to have a great lineup. So like when we've had the five, when I had the five captains, uh, when I had all the guys from, when I had Chris and Chris um, and Mark <laughs> and, and all these guys coming to a show, it was, it was the, the talent that drove, that drove the conventions. Um, I looked at it, you know, really from the business point and said, okay, how do we give the fan the best experience ever. And the philosophy was take care of the fan, take care of the fan and take care of the fan. That was always like the way that we started out any show. How do we give the fan a great experience? 
And but obviously you have to make sure the talent is treated well too, right? Because you want them to have a good experience so they come back as well, right? That goes that goes with yeah, with, with, without saying. So I think the reputation that I've built in the business is I've always taken first of all, there's there's so many um um, call it um, dark characters in our world, seedy type of convention promoters that I think to a lot of these guys, it was very refreshing that there was a guy that they could trust that was honest and they could say, okay, we know if we're going to John's show, we're going to have a good experience. We're going to get paid. We're going to get taken care of. And that's the way it's been for my entire career, you know, business-wise. From yeah, you, you said you were in the clothing business for 40 years? I was. I was a clothing manufacturer for 40 and change years. The name of my company was California concepts and we dress lack of better words, the masses of the asses. So Walmart, <laughs> Target, Kmart, Cole, Sears, Pennies, um, they were our they were our customer base. Oh wonderful, wonderful. So it's very possible uh, many many of the listeners will have um, worn clothing from you, right? At some point. <laughs> Absolutely. You used to do they, a lot, a lot of business there. But it's funny. But, but shifting, I mean, this is a whole different career um, path. Um, what, what have you enjoyed the most uh, doing conventions personally? Uh, you know, I would say, you know, right up there is probably seeing the joy in people's faces when they get to meet their heroes, when they get to meet their idols, when they get to meet people. We've, we've had people cry, faint. Um, fall on the floor with complete exhaustion after meeting somebody. Um, and quite frankly, it's really lovely to see. Right. And I, I can, I can imagine. Yeah. I'll tell you something funny, Rodney, but the first convention I ever did, I was telling my whole set, Oh my God. Oh my God. There are people waiting in line. Oh my God. They're going to be there for two hours, three hours. And then one, one fan, one attendee told me point blank. She goes, we don't mind standing in line because we know what we're standing in line for. And we get to be around people of like minds. People it's a bonding have, experience, right? It, it, it is truly a bonding experience for all these people. A complete bonding experience. I still try and make the lines not so long, but if, if when they're a little bit longer, people are okay with it. And, and sometimes the anticipation is, is, is just as fun as the actual meeting, right? It's just kind of like, wow, you're about to, you know, you see them ahead of time. You're watching them interact with everybody else, right? It's just kind of like, I'm going to be there any second. What do I get to say? What do I do? How do you I not make the, a fool out of myself, right? You watch the sweaty palms start to start. You watch the, the sweat come off the sides of the brow. Right. It's like I have 10 seconds to say something to Norman Reedus. What do I say to him, right? It's, it's kind of a, you know, interesting uh, thought process for people to meet somebody that they spend hours, you know, sometimes hundreds of hours of their lives thinking about watching at least their, their fictional selves and then seeing the actual person. Absolutely. Um, we, have a, we have a really great lineup to this show when you mentioned Norman. Yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit about uh, what, you know, it, just for historical perspective, there was a separate company that ran something called Walker Stalker for several years in Atlanta. Uh, the, the organizer who I knew uh, kind of ran into some problems and it, it went under. Um, and it's been a, a while since Atlanta's had a convention. It, this is obviously where The Walking Dead started. Uh, so you, you, know, you have access to talent in a way that others don't. Uh, so is that part of the reason why you decided to come to Atlanta? Um, well, the reason why I decided to come to Atlanta is that other company that you were talking about. Yes. Uh, how do I say this? Uh, was leaving was leaving the city. 
Yes, correct. And um, I had enough phone calls from enough people that asked me to come in and do do the show the way we do a show. And mm -hmm. we decided we decided to do it in 2019. We decided to come in. Right. That got, that got canceled. And then 2020, that got canceled. And then we just right. moved to 2021 show to 2022. <laughs> That's been so insane. It, so the pandemic is... It's ironic that a pandemic has shut down the pandemic, right? It's 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 a little bit ironic. <laughs> yes, it's besides ironic, it's, it's annoying. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so we 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 had the fan base, we had the uh, celebrity um, pool that wanted that wanted us to do this. Yeah, show. I mean, when I saw the list of people, you pretty much have almost every major name, short of Andrew Lincoln from The Walking Dead, plus a lot of other big names as well, right? Yeah, and it's not that we haven't tried to get Andrew. Andrew's in 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 England, and you know, probably just too difficult for him to come. But yeah, then we then we decided that we wanted to make it a pandemic dead and a pandemic tour show. So the pandemic tour show is more of the pop culture side of it that goes into the Sebastian Stans coming, to the Stephen Amell's coming, to the Bruce Campbells and Dean Kane and Nick Carter. Yeah, I mean, those are all like big names in the sci-fi world, right? Absolutely. So, you know, listen, I think the convention business is the sci-fi world, the Comic-Con business. It is. Um, so, you know, we have, and there are going to be more announcements coming. Um, so we're, we're, we're really excited. I think we have a really good lineup. I've gone out there and look at other people's shows this year. and not, not that I'm saying, but I'm saying this is the best lineup out there. This is Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. We'll continue with our chat about the pandemic tour after a short break. But first, here's more of our list of things to do around Metro Atlanta. The Forsythia Festival, like its namesake flowering shrub, is one of the first signs of spring. The festival offers an arts and crafts show, a 5K run, sporting tournaments, and more. And expect to see lots of the color yellow. The festival is happening in downtown Forsyth, March 12th and 13th, and you'll find details at ForsythiaFestival.com. And be sure to check out the March 11th Go Guide and AccessAtlanta.com for our extensive look at upcoming spring festivals, including the Edmund Park Festival and the Dogwood Festival. As summer of 2021 was starting to approach and the pandemic was passing the one-year mark, Murrin O'Mahony was reaching a crossroads that forced her to seriously start considering whether she should give up her promising performing career for another line of work. The young soprano from Cork County in Ireland was still fresh out of having spent a year studying musical theater at the Royal Academy of Music in London, but COVID-19 had shuttered the theater industry and her future in music looked uncertain at best. Then a former Celtic woman member encouraged her to apply and audition for the group. And now she'll be making her U.S. debut on a tour that includes venues in 80 cities, including Atlanta's Fox Theater on March 15th. Read more about O'Mahony's journey in our story on AccessAtlanta.com and find out where to get tickets. This is Access Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The facts matter now more than ever. Get unlimited digital access to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution so you know what's really going on. And you're helping us fulfill our mission to bring you the news that's important to you. Subscribe today at subscribe.ajc.com podcast and your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. 
That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast to join the community for just 99 cents. Let's continue our conversation with the folks from the Fandemic Tour. And in terms of designing an actual convention, you want to provide different elements. Can you tell me about how you've sort of mixed up the elements here for somebody who has not been to a convention before? Well, you know, you're going to come to the show. You're going to meet um, celebrities that you want to meet. You're going to see vendors that are going to sell all different types of pop culture um, merchandise. You're going to be able to go to um, um, panels and hear what some of the celebrities have to say, some of what the artists have to say, some of what the fan groups have to say. There'll be a drink and drawer on uh, Friday night. Uh, A drink and what? (laughs) A drink and draw. So a bunch of the artists like Clinton Hobart um, and Victor will, will set up a place where people can come and draw and have a couple beers if that's what they choose or some, you know, water. It doesn't matter what they want to drink. Uh, you're not obligated to drink anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, who came up with that concept? That's kind of We've interesting. Been doing it for years. We've been doing it for years. It's just kind of more of an interactive type of activity for people to have some fun. Yeah. It's just an extra activity. I know a lot of people put a lot of time and effort into after parties and things like that. There's a chance we'll do an after party. We're not sure yet. Um, and we're really just looking to give the fan a great experience on the floor. We've had to stretch out the floor a little bit, how to make the aisles a little bit wider because of um, the pandemic. So, you know, we're moving and grooving and we'll, of course, abide by all of the rules that are in this, the city of Atlanta that, that govern the. the yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm not sure what the rules will be by the time March 18th comes along. Right. It's still somewhat fluid. Right. They could change the mask requirements and everything. Right. right. So, listen, so we have to we have to go um, by the celebrities comfort level. There are some people that require, you know, plexiglass for for photo ops, some some celebrities don't. So we're, we're being flexible and, you know, the, hopefully the, flan, the fans will be happy enough that we're coming, coming to the city and be flexible with us. Yeah. It's um, you know, yeah, I guess the pent up demand, what's your feeling for fans who have probably many of them have probably not been in groups, a big groups in two years. I mean, what's, what has been the feedback you've heard from folks? I think people are so excited about getting out there and coming. The ones that are nervous will wear a mask. Listen, when you think about it, you know, 35% of our, our fan base comes in outfits anyway, comes in. <laughs> That's <costumes>. true. <laughs> so so to, to wear a mask, there'll be, I'm, I'm gonna guess there'll be more creative masks than you've ever seen before. No, you're probably right there. Um, have you actually done, is it, will this be the first convention you've done since the pandemic began? Is yes. this the first one? Yeah, we had to cancel the one in September. That's when Omnicron was coming out. And there were too many, too many fans, too many celebrities, um, too many people really concerned about it. But I think that um, over the last four months, a, a, a lot of the concerns and fears are going by the wayside. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, if you're vaccinated, um, so a lot of people have actually already gotten it. Yeah, it's, uh, and uh, Omicron was a little milder than, you know, than the previous version. So it, it seems like we're moving in the right direction, I think. I, <laughs> I'm not I, a doctor. What do I, I know? <laughs> what I heard that I liked was fluorona. <laughs> right. Correct. I mean, for once, you know, if this one works out, I mean, are you hoping to make it an annual event in Atlanta? We already have George- dates for next year. Oh, nice. This is at the Georgia World Congress Center. You, yes. you're, you're fully committed. Uh-huh. Why do you like the Georgia World Congress Center? Why is that a good space for you? Well, it's big enough. 
that if this thing grows into what we hope it's going to grow to, they have enough room to handle a lot of people. Right. And, and ultimately, you know, while The Walking Dead is the focal point, it over time, depending on what other types of sci-fi brands come out there for you, I, I guess you can, you know, kind of like Comic-Con expand it out, right? It doesn't just have to be focused on one genre, right? Or one Absolutely. particular. We're trying to expand it out for this year and not just, it's not just the pandemic dead. That's why we're right. adding the Sebastians and the Knicks and the Stevens and the John Barrowmans. So we're trying, we're and trying has to, the like feed, said, there'll be more, more announcements. Has the feedback been right in terms of, you know, you're drawing fans who are not just into the walking dead, you're getting other fans. You know, absolutely. And when you really think about it, Rodney, you know, even though, what's the right, right way to say this? You know, if I'm a, if I'm a, um, if I'm a football fan and I am getting ready to go to a game and I'm putting full garb on, right. I'm a fan of football. Now, maybe a fan of the Atlanta Falcons, but I'm a fan of football. So the fan that comes to our show is a fan of The Walking Dead, if they're coming specifically for the pandemic dead, but they're also fans of pop culture. And sci-fi. So it really melds into Yeah, you're right. It's unlikely that a Walking Dead fan is not also a fan of something else. Marvel Cinematic Universe, DC, Correct. Star Trek, something, right? Of course. Uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, there are so many other, uh, you know, I guess, angles you could take, right? There's right. literally a dozen other types of uh, worlds you can explore. Right. Uh, and uh, are you, have you become a bigger fan of this world yourself since you were so focused on clothing? Uh, now that you're immersed in this world, uh, have you become sort of a, have you ended up watching a lot of the Marvel movies? And Well, I've, I've, I've watched them all. I, 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 listen, I've watched them all only because I've always been a fan of that stuff. I was never immersed into the world, but I've been a fan of, of action movies and sci-fi movies. Um, it just turns out, like, for example, I knew, I knew Lou, I know Lou Ferrigno for 35 years. Um, our kids went to the same school together. Um, well, what I is that small world? Because I'm very good friends with, you know, a quarter of the people on, on, on the show. Um, I've, I've always watched the, um, all the Marvel movies. I've always loved them. And if you haven't seen the new Spider-Man, go see it. It seems like great. everybody has. Yeah. Uh, so how, how do you how did you build relationships with the talent and, and build that trust? Um, well, trust is earned. So I would say that I that I earned it. Uh, you know, me and my buddies, we speak very openly and very honestly to each other. Um, my reputation is like if I shake your hand, we have a deal, we have a deal. So in 12 years. And I, and I guess that gets around, right? Once somebody like Norman, you gain his trust, he'll tell the other folks at The Walking Dead, hey, you know, he's good, right? Is that kind of how it works? You, you just have well, to make sure. You listen, I really never met Jeff till, you know, 2016. A, and, and a Jeffrey Dean Morgan? A very close friend of mine, just because we've done a bunch of shows. He knows what to expect. I know what to expect. Like Michael Rooker, you know, the, 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 these are guys that I've done 100 shows with. You know, right. I go down the, the talent list from Bruce and Johnny Bernthal and Chandler and Dean um, and Sean Patrick Flannery and Sarah. Um, I've got a Sarah lot Wayne of Kelly. shows with these guys. Mm -hmm. So we know, we, we know the, way, the way that we, we roll together. 
So it, it, it's uh, so you you are no longer like I guess you've never built up any particular starstruck type situation, right? You guys are peers, right? You're 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 this is a business and a friendship at the same time, right? No, that's that's almost true. Almost true. <laughs> almost true. I was I was pretty starstruck when I met Burt Reynolds. Oh, oh, do tell on that story. Uh, he, he's a big, he has a lot of ties in Georgia, as you know. Smoking abandoned. Of course, came to show for the first time. Always, you know. I grew up a, a Burt Reynolds fan, and I got to meet him. So that was that was really cool. You know, like Bill Shatner is a great friend of mine. I would go to oh, his house on Monday nights and watch football. Um, he's become a really good friend. Every time time Bill comes to a show, we do we do dinner together, and he's there's nobody that can eat like Bill. <laughs> yeah, that man is 90 years old and still still rocking and rolling, isn't he? 93. Incredible. I mean, I, I, I spoke with him a, f- a few months ago. I mean, he keeps himself freaking busy. I don't know how he does it. Me neither. God bless. Yeah, he has more energy than a, fi- than a 30-year-old, doesn't he? God bless him. <laughs> All right. So ultimately, before we go here, so this is the pandemic is, uh, you know, tickets are available right now, March 18th to March 20th. You can do, I guess, one day passes as well as a, a whole three day right. deal, right? So yeah. yeah, you go to pandemictour.com. There's three day passes. There's one day passes. There's VIP passes. Um, unless they're sold out, I'm not sure. Yeah, obviously. And if you want to see Norman Reedus, those usually sell out very fast, right? You got to grab I them. Saturday, I know Saturday for Norman and Jeff are both sold out. Um, but yeah, there's listen, there's lots to do, lots to come see, lots of people watching for sure. Lots of people watching. And and when you're there, I mean, being the, the lead guy, I mean, what do you do typically during the convention? Are you just there trying to knock out fires and just deal with any issues with um, logistics so or what whatnot? do I do? I do everything. Picking up garbage on the floor, walking a celebrity to and from his booth, I'm going out to registration and calming everyone's nerves because we're running five minutes late. Um, it, the list goes on and on and on. Right. In other words, the days go by very fast for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll, I'll probably walk, the team will probably walk 35 miles in a three day span. Right. Oh, it, it, your, your pedometer really gets a workout, right? <laughs> yeah. If, only if it works inside the convention center. Do you have, I mean, do you even have time to eat? Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> You're Italian. Got to eat, right? Got to eat. <laughs> Listen, well, if I, I, could, I, I, I would cook for everybody. <laughs> Maybe not that day. I don't know. You, yeah, you, you really wouldn't have time to actually cook, would you? <laughs> no, but the show would be fun. Uh, well, I, I get I, I get a sense, you know, the, the anticipation and the buildup here over two years is probably as great with you as it is with the fans, right? At this point, I get a sense uh, you're sure. like chomping at the bit, literally. Sure, we're all very excited about it. Uh, John Macaluso, he he runs Fandemic, and it is the brand new uh, sci-fi convention that's coming to Atlanta, Georgia World Congress Center, March 18th to 20th. Good luck. Thank you, John. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. The AJC brings you the best of what's happening in and around Atlanta on AccessAtlanta.com, along with deeper looks at trends in arts and entertainment, and compelling stories about lost bits of history. Here's a taste of what you'll find there. The buzz over Ron Su's Juniper Cafe began a year ago with the announcement that he planned to open a Vietnamese bakery and restaurant in Westside Village. After a series of pop-ups at Sue's Lazy Betty in Candler Park, Juniper's doors opened in December, 
and its breakfast, served from a window in the enclosed patio, continues that buzzworthiness. The pastry case is filled with an international selection of sweet and savory creations from head baker Chow Wen that can be paired with coffee beverages. Besides croissants and cinnamon rolls, there is a Portuguese egg tart with a buttery puff pastry shell that is filled with egg custard and baked to a golden brown. See what else is on the menu at Juniper Cafe in this week's Go Guide and online at accessatlanta.com and ajc.com. As Andrew Young turns 90, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Ernie Suggs reflects on 26 years covering this giant of the civil rights movement. You'll find his story in this week's Sunday Living and Arts section on March 13, along with an excerpt from Ernie's upcoming book on Young, The Many Lives of Andrew Young, which publishes March 29. Read them both online at AJC.com. If you're listening to this podcast on AJC.com, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to accessatlanta.com and AJC.com. The podcast is edited by Tyson Horn. The theme music is by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin, and I'm your host and the AJC's arts and entertainment editor, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.